This is a HeadGum Podcast. This is the Dumbbells, a personal fitness podcast where we, except for it's still just Stanger, Eugene's off shooting a show somewhere, saving the world. Eugene's like a uh, like a TV money-making superhero. Um, where we, Eugene Cordero, out of studio, and me, I'm Ryan Stanger, have discussions and answer questions on all things health and fitness. But this is solely based on our own working experience and a little bit of bro science. So please keep in mind that we're not and never claim to be doctors. We're just a couple of dumbbells who love ourselves some fitness and want to help you with yours. Yours. Uh, what's up, dudes? Uh, that's with a Z. Uh, the cool vernacular. Um... Uh, Marissa, do you think that's cool? Marissa's uh, our, our sound engineer and producer. She's young, so she helps me know what's cool and what's not. I think she might be lying to me. <laughs> anyway, just Stanger here in studio. Eugene's still off shooting. Um, how's everybody doing? I hope everybody's doing great. Um, we got uh, Thanksgiving looming large, um, so that's exciting. Uh, I don't know how you guys celebrate. Um, hopefully, it's with a lot of food and exercise. Um, or not, maybe, maybe take a break around Turkey day. Maybe, maybe you exercise afterwards. Maybe you're all loaded up with uh, good calories and you exercise afterwards. I don't know. We can get into that. We can get into some holiday eating talk later. I've got a great guest. I know this guy. Well, we go way back, right? Yeah. I like the, we, get, I like a talk from the guest before they know the name. It's always, <laughs> yeah, it's always exactly. a fun thing. See if they can guess. See if um, they can guess. Yeah. Uh, we do go way back. Now it feels. Now, yeah. I remember when I was actually nervous to approach you, though. Oh, okay. We can get into that. Yeah. Uh, I'm a very intimidating figure. <laughs> yes. Uh, so if you recognize the voice um, or you don't, Andrew Bowser's my guest. You know him from all the incredible content he's created at Legendary Nerdist. You know him from his podcast, Bizarre States, uh, that he uh, does with Jessica Chobot yeah. uh, over on the Nerdist, under the Nerdist label, or is it uh-huh. Legendary? Nerdist? It would be the Nerdist Podcast Network, yeah. Nerdist Podcast Network. And then also, a lot of you probably know him as uh, as the Weird Arby's guy, yeah. right? Is that fair to say? It is fair to say. Not, not, not to be dismissive about no, it. People it's... that know that character know him as Onyx, yeah. but a lot of people, because it still will pop up in my feed. It, uh, in like Facebook, it'll be like, is this real? Totally. And it'll be that one Arby's commercial that you did. I think the Arby's or video. Or not commercial, but like the, 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 the it's like a, uh, where you cut yourself into Arby's exactly. footage or a uh, news, news footage. report. Yeah. yeah. The Arby's one, I think is the most widespread. And then second to that would be Weird Satanist Guy, which Weird, was, oh, be- yeah, Weird which was before the Arby's one, but the Arby's one definitely went further yes. from my perspective. Yeah. <laughs> Further into what? I don't know. Yeah. Further across the, the weird pages that rip and re-upload it. Yes. It's yeah. great. I mean, if you haven't seen it, I'll, we'll, we'll link it to the show. It's amazing. I actually worked with you as a director before I knew that you were doing that. And then yeah. like I found it and I was just like, holy shit, dude, this is a thing. You, it's It's great. And you're like- yeah, all right. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I don't remember what the first thing was that we 
did together. It was Justice League stuff. It was Justice League. Right. And so I was directing a series of superhero, vulgar superhero sketches for Nerdist. And uh, and then, yeah, throughout that, we, we started talking about these Onyx videos. And I, I don't know. Yeah, for some reason, I have a relationship to them that is a little like, yeah, I don't know. I, <laughs> but it's such a... Uh, um, contradiction because obviously anyone that makes something they make it because they want people to see it yes but then there's times when people come up to me at a convention and say weird Satanist guy and I'm like I do other stuff right <laughs> but why well, did that to myself yeah I don't I, know why <laughs> I, I think it's like not wanting to be defined by any one thing I guess I'm so. you're a pretty chill guy like you, you, yeah it's like you're happy to talk about it and obviously proud of it and all yeah. that kind of stuff but it's it's one of those weird things too where it's like Andy Kaufman-esque to where people don't know if it's real or not yeah. oftentimes. Um, and uh, and so I don't know if it's like, I don't know. How, when you first did it, did you, were you want, did you want to be forthright and saying like, this is a character I created or no. do you toy with like doing appearances in character? Yeah, and- I would. Uh, the, the first iteration of it was, it was actually through a friend of mine that I, I was working at a place that just got shut down, Defy Media, which was uh, now it was like Smosh and the Break. feds shut it down, right? The feds, came yeah, in. yeah, the feds, yeah. Uh, <laughs> they raided the place, and yeah, they're like, quit defying all exactly. media, just yeah. fucking get on board with it. <laughs> um, when I worked there, it was just Break; uh, it hadn't been purchased yet. Um, but so I was an editor and a producer, and I'd always go to these comic cons and video game conventions to shoot packages. While I was doing that, I was taking courses at UCB. And so uh, I met a lot of really fun people. A, f- a girl named Kimber. UCB is a is a comedy theater that I perform at. A lot of our guests yeah. come through there. Most yeah. people know that now, but this this podcast is far reaching. Yeah, there gotcha. may be people that don't know UCB. Totally, just yeah. picking it up for it right now. Yeah, I was taking this. Don't improv underestimate classes. the reach of the dumbbells podcast. <laughs> I don't. We're, I wouldn't ever. Yeah, we're in every uh, corner of the world for sure. For yeah. sure, it's a four quad podcast. Oh, it's four quad. Yeah, and worldwide, Shit. dude. We got a global. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you can I cuss? Four? What's that? Can I cuss? By the way. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um. So, so me and Kimber, I was at this place called E3 downtown, a video game convention, and I was like, Kimber, let's go because I met her through improv classes. Let's go and make one of these video packages that I always have to make, but I'll put myself in it as right. this character. And I had never done him before, though. I had just thought it would be funny if there was a guy that was so insecure. He said, I don't know, after every thought, yeah. even if it was something he knew for sure. It's great. Like, yeah. what's your favorite video game? Diablo? I don't know. So <laughs> I thought that was funny. And then I went and shot this thing. And I purposefully floated it as real. I put it on a fake YouTube channel called Game Smash, made <laughs> fake email addresses, you know, titled a weird gamer guy. Like, who, who is it? And it's – and I – in my whatever hubris, maybe just thought like, get ready for this to go viral world. And then it sat on the internet for a year while I continued to edit at break. And they were all the views were yours. Yeah, they were. I'd go back and check. And then a year later it got on Reddit because of E3 happening again. Oh, wow. So it it hit the next cycle, the next cycle and it got on Reddit. And then it, that one got up to a few million within a, a week or two. That's kind of yeah. interesting too. You figure that the um, that ev- initially the low views helped it. Yeah, it felt like be- this undiscovered, right? And it just felt real. It's just yeah. like look at this weirdo. You know, it's just totally. Yeah, thirteen views. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that- I, yeah, I love the idea of people thinking he's real. I think though that may be part of the. Uh, I really love what we wound up doing 
in a more scripted sense with the character and with y- who you eventually played on a web series called Welcome to the Shadow Zone. So that may be part of my resentment when people know the viral video. I want them to know the scripted world of that character because I think that's what really has legs. Yeah, I'll say this. Um, doing that doing that was really fun. Like mm-hmm. the, sh- the, the the show, we did like basically a whole season of a show. Yeah. How long are the episodes? Like They're t- like 12 to 15. Yeah, so yeah. it's kind of like an internet, yeah. know, shorter episode show. But um, so you have this kind of great polarizing but beloved viral character that yeah. you do. And then you try to figure out like, okay, this is something that people like and they want to do more of. There's only so many like, you know, comic cons or, you know, yeah. goofy news things that I can cut him into. How can I like, how can I give him a life beyond that? Right. And so you, you develop this show and I feel like the show really scratched. If you have an itch for this character, I feel like it really, yeah. you know, it fleshes his world out. It's very satisfying. I think the stuff that people like about the character is incorporated into the show pretty seamlessly. Yeah. And so, I, you know, watch these videos and then check the show out, not just because I'm in it, mm-hmm. uh, but because I feel like it's, it's a good way. Because you've seen that before. Like now we have like a... You know, somebody will do a viral video and they get a million views and like, you know, CBS jumps on board. Totally. How can we make money off of this? You know, they kind of ruined the essence of what was good about it initially. And I felt like the the way that you did Welcome to the Shadow Zone, it kind of. Well, thanks. It took a while to figure out because I will say I only knew him in the scenario of being caught on the news. Yeah. So that pressure of the camera being on and him wanting his moment in the sun or whatever. So. I remember the first couple episodes we did, I didn't know how would he react to somebody being his friend or liking him or how would he react when he was alone and not on camera. And I had to figure that out. So I felt like it was a little wonky from my end at the start. But then I think through the performances of the other people in his world, I remember you said something to me on like the second episode. Uh, I don't know if you remember saying this, but you were like, you know, I don't know if you said this directly, but you said something like, is he ever going to win? And I was like, well, no. And you're like, oh, we got to maybe have him win a little bit. And it kind of blew my mind because I'm pretty uh, ruthless with the character. I think just because he's a part of myself that I like, I'm willing to punish all the time. <laughs> and then I, when you said that, I was like, what if Onyx did win every once in a while? And that like opened up my mind. I was like, yeah. yeah, maybe he has a friend and maybe even Todd, his stepfather is nice every once in a while. Uh, just like right. it made it so much more So in dynamic. a sense you're saying I kind of invented the character. I think you did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you definitely helped bring a layer that I couldn't figure out because I get pretty stuck in, no, he's this guy and he's a whipping boy and you know. Well, yeah, because it's one of those, it's, he's like a sad sack character, Yeah, you know, but then you feel okay with him getting beat up a little bit because he can be annoying at times. Right. But then it's like one of those where you turn the corner on him, you start to kind of like love him and root for him. Yeah. So then you want to see him win in some weird way. Totally. Maybe not the obvious conventional way, but some weird way. Yeah. Yeah. Without a doubt. That's what we're talking about, like this, like Daniel (laughs) (laughs) Day-Lewis. I know. But you know what's funny? The, uh, (laughs) I had a a meeting uh, about doing something with him. A showbiz meeting? A showbiz meeting. It was pretty showbizy. Yeah. Um, I uploaded a picture from the meeting and I was like, my office today. (laughs) Uh, Just kidding, guys. Um, But uh, it was a- I mean, 
it would probably work. I mean, if you're doing yeah. more stuff like that, you'd probably. Oh, I know. Yeah. Trust me. Hashtag I, set life and all exactly. that. Exactly. I have friends that have done next to nothing, but the way they talk, I mean, next to nothing as far as like output. Yeah. It just, you know, but the way they talk is like, well, you you're know. Like, fuck. Dude, it's they're going to win an Academy Award. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I buy in. With the, by their Instagram feed? Totally. They're fucking off to the races. I'm always like, I don't know what he's doing, but it's something big. Yeah. Um, but I had this meeting to, to try and talk about doing the character in a, uh, even more scripted setting, a single camera, proper kind of comedy narrative. And uh, and we were talking to an actor about playing Onyx's uh, dad. And, and I won't say who now because you already know, Ryan, but because it's not official. Um, also, but, somebody told me that if you ever make it in this town, yeah. don't drop names. Yes. That's, yeah. Burt so, Reynolds told me that. Was it Burt Reynolds? Yeah. I knew that was, yeah, I yeah. knew it was Burt. Uh, but- he approached it like Daniel Day Lewis in this meeting, and I loved it. He he called me out. He said, "So you want me to play this weird guy's father?" And he'd seen the videos, and I was like, "Yeah." And he said, "Well, tell me, what's your relationship like with your father?" And I was like, "Huh?" <laughs> I mean, I didn't know we were going to go there, right? But this guy's a, a real comedy guy, and he's a real comedy idol of mine. Yeah. And the second he asked me that, I was like, I, "He." is going to approach this from a real place, which, yeah, I do too. Although I know it sounds like ridiculous when we're doing stuff like Onyx gets pantsed and his, you know, and uh, his penis is filmed on camera and put on YouTube. Right. It's hard to approach that from like a grounded place. Yeah. But this actor <clears throat> You ended made up me... like beating the shit out of the guy, right? <laughs> Who? The, the, the actor? actor? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The... <laughs> we got into it. Yeah. <laughs> I will say I felt super vulnerable because i was in front of other people at my company oh yeah like development so, guys and yeah executives and reps and stuff so yeah it's like, yeah his rep yeah and he said well, what's your relationship like with your dad and i was like well you know um we you know haven't talked as much as i'd like but i realized i really have to be honest with him if i want him to take this character yeah. seriously and so we talked about it. i talked about my dad and the kind of push and pull and the that, you know, we've been better friends as adults than we were maybe when I was a little bit younger and there was a rough patch and now we're kind of on the mend and all of a sudden I'm saying, like, I'm saying all this stuff in front of all these people. Um, but it was because the uh, the actor took it all so seriously. That's great. Which I respected. Good stuff happens. Yeah. What if you like laid it out there, vulnerable, cried a little bit, and then the guy passed? <laughs> <laughs> I honestly, that's my my biggest fear. Is, yeah, of is be, I mean, for many people, I'm sure, but being vulnerable and then being like, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> and just walking out. Yeah. <sighs> Especially because this guy was someone I looked up to so much. Totally. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, I had to just look him in the eyes and dig in. It's really going to burn people up not to know who it is. I know you can't say. I'm going yeah. to posit some guesses here. Okay. Um, okay. Burt Reynolds is one of the guesses. Burt Reynolds is number one. <laughs> yeah. R.I.P. Uh-huh. Uh, number two is uh, Jerry Lewis. <laughs> R.I.P. R.I.P., yeah. Uh, number three will be... Uh, John Stewart. Oh, interesting. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, you're not, we're not going to tell you guys. You yeah. have to watch, tune in. The, yeah, the hopefully sh- it'll be show something happen that could we'll, happen soon. Yeah, we'll get this unnamed figure. Yeah, uh, revealed. Big reveal. Yeah. Uh, I love it, man. So, so okay. So, we you touched on something earlier. So, our, our relationship started with, um, I want to make this about me. No, our relationship. So, we started, we did this uh, Justice League vulgar kind of thanksgiving yeah it, was th- it wasn't kind Thanks. of it was justice league at thanksgiving right 
and bunch of different people played superheroes. Right. Uh, a lot of like kind of comedy UCB people. Yeah. And that was like our first, I guess, exchange with each other, right? Totally. Yeah. And I, because I had been coming to uh, your shows for a while. And, UCB shows. Yeah. Yeah. Coming to Bang Rang shows. And uh, I had just your person, your, your, hey, I mean, obviously I was impressed by everyone on the team and, and just their skills as improvisers. But, um, there's just something about your energy that I recognize as being uh, – it's it's like a different rhythm to what is natural to me. Okay. So I think I was most taken by your moves and your decisions uh, because I was going through improv class. Right. So I was also – figuring out what I what who I was as an improviser and what my instincts would be and then I would see your instincts and just be like your instincts are are not my instincts right. in a really like refreshing way I could never foresee the moves you were going to make yeah and I'm as an a, improviser you kind of sit there and try to guess what everyone's going to do right I'm on a weird frequency <laughs> well it's a frequency that <laughs> no but for sure I am yeah. because I, so I have this team that I've performed with forever and ever. Yeah. And so we can all kind of make it work, but I'll sometimes guest on other teams and doesn't go <laughs> and it because doesn't it's work. just like a weird thing, you yeah. know, it's like, it's, it's kind of, it's weird. Yeah. And so, and I, it might be because I got, I got into improv late. Like I had a whole separate life before I started improv. Right. I, uh, like, uh, I, I was like a, just like a personal trainer basically right. for, for years and didn't get into improv till I, I was almost 30. Oh, and wow. so, yeah. So like all the people I came up with were like, it was what they did all the time. And you think that built in kind of a different perspective or a different DNA in, into the, I guess it could be, I mean, yeah. like I, I couldn't play things for laughs, you know, it was all, everything had to be played for real. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, you know, and sometimes in a comedy show, you want a, a more broad approach, you right. know, and there's there's people that are really good at kind of bending that in a way that I can't. Right. But if you need somebody to be angry or cry or sad right. about something, and if that, you know, it's not always funny. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I guess it's interesting, but it's not always funny. I mean, I'm, I can, I die some very painful deaths up there. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> Committed painful deaths right. where you're like, all right, we got to fucking see this guy go through that, yeah. you know? And I think that like I, you know, as time has gone on, I've gotten, you know, maybe a little bit more nimble with this group that I perform with. They were able to yeah. learn from them on my feet a little bit. Yeah. But yeah, I think like early on, well, I mean, if you see the video we did, it's basically, I mean, my contribution <laughs> to it is me just screaming profanities, you know, right. With, well, a, I with think, an intensity. Yeah. I think whenever someone, uh, I'm trying to figure out how to say this without sounding like an asshole. You've like, already sounded like an asshole. So yeah. Just, so might as well just yeah. plow past it. Yeah. Like there's people I think are funny, but I, can track their logic and I can maybe say in my mind, I could do that. Like I can hit that space or I'm a similar, I'm cut from a similar cloth, even if it's just like the cadence or the tone of something. But then the people that I really uh, are am I, am intimidated by, which is why I was intimidated to talk to you, are the people that I can't really track right. the thing and I couldn't figure it out. And I, I couldldn't say, oh, well, I could kind of do what Stanger does. Yeah. Like, I could You're always saying, like, I can do what Steve Martin does. What'd you say? That's what I'm always yeah. saying? Oh, I, mean, yeah. I know Richard Pryor. I got that. Oh, that... Stanger, on the other hand, <laughs> cannot. It's not necessarily the- it's I, not... know, I know yeah. what you're saying. It's like, it's more of the uh, the raw, whatever is at the core. Yeah, well, just like- Because everything you... can kind of be fashioned and then the skill level can rise. But what's at the core 
is is uh, usually if it's someone that I just can't understand, then I'm like very intimidated by them. Yeah, and it just you it it wants you want to have like a creative collaboration. Yeah, totally. Because yeah. yeah, I, I want to see like well, where does that go? Yeah, same for me with you. I mean, I think that's why people are drawn to the, the you know the characters that you come up with, yeah. and you know because it's yeah. it's you wonder where that comes from, right. how that's possible. Like I certainly couldn't do it, right? And like I know even from being on set with you when you get into that mode, it's yeah. just like anything you ask, anything you ask you in character you can it's always on game like it's <laughs> right. always right there there's no yeah you know um well yeah that's the thing you're the only person that has making it makes me break oh <laughs> which is weird because when i watch other people break on like bloopers i look at it and i'm like i would never do that why like i'm usually so kind of focused on the thing that i don't see it from an outside perspective of whether or not it's funny but there's stuff that you would do during shadow zone where i was like uh, people that I'm know out. you know you're very judgmental of bloopers. Yeah, I right? am. <laughs> uh, the truth is, I am. I watched a bunch of uh, bloopers the other day from. Well, I won't say the show because they're. All, but you don't want to light them up. Uh, yeah, I don't want to put them on blast. But, put them on blast. Well, I'm now. Hey, this keep is it a, between us, dumbbell listeners. Yeah, don't fucking at people on Twitter. Well, this is a this is a tangent. Don't at but these bloopers. I am surprised by how many huge people respond to tweets now. I mean, yeah. you have people that are directing giant franchise films that are like digging into the retweets. Oh, yeah. That terrifies me. Yeah. Sometimes I'll say something on my podcast. It's like, I don't really like this movie or this show. And I'm waiting for the fucking Ryan, Ryan of like, Johnson. <laughs> right. Yeah. So what were your problems with yeah. The Last Jedi? I'm like, oh. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. But no, I was watching this blooper reel. And what I feel when I watch a blooper reel is the pressure of the people behind the camera. They're like, all right, come on. Get it back. Come on. Yeah. Get back on track. Do it again from the top. And all the actors are just like loving the break right. and laughing. That does stress me out. Yeah, because you're you're thinking about it from a production standpoint. Yeah. Like we got to make our day. Right. Yeah, we're losing light. Yeah, exactly. And like, we're in studio Bowser and you're like, I, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> right. Yeah. There's still light it's somewhere. magic hour yeah. somewhere. Uh, th- that's funny. What? Oh, okay, so what did I want to ask you? Oh, yeah. Um, there's a, a video game that you invented in uh, one of the episodes of Shadow Zone called Turd Boy. Yeah. And like my son knows about it and wants to know if it's possible that you would ever make a real Turd Boy. Oh my gosh. Everything <laughs> that we have done with the Onyx stuff and with Shadow Zone. To B-O-I, me, right? B-O-I, Turd Boy. Yeah. Everything, this is how uh, <laughs> I am at, at one point the most insecure person who ultimately believes that, you know, everything I make could or has already failed. But at the same time, every time I create, yeah, (laughs) every time I create something, I also believe every ounce of it could be the most successful thing of all time. (laughs) It's like this ridiculous flux. Both seem equally unhealthy. They do. And there's no middle ground. (laughs) So like when I was writing Shadow Zone, crippling uh, self-doubt yeah. or uh, dangerous hubris. Exactly. <laughs> Everything's going to work and people are going to want the t-shirts. People yeah. are going to... But then with Turd Boy, when I wrote that, I was like, oh, then that becomes a successful game and people want the game. <laughs> and then like everything I can imagine being parsed out for different channels, different mediums and formats. Hey, for That's always my goal. An eight-year-old in the valley. Yeah. Turd Boy was lit, lit him up. Yeah. And I kind of showed him the thing. The thing like farts around on the screen and leaves skid marks. Little and skid stuff. marks. Yeah. It's very funny. But yeah. of course, I, I, I when we did that, I was like a nerdist. You know, if you want to get make Turd Boy pins, make the Turd Boy pins. And <laughs> They're like, all right, Bowser, calm down. <laughs> like, we're going to need to activate all fronts yeah. once this stuff hits the web. Uh, 
Do you want to push any Turd Boy merch? On, <laughs> yeah. Do it on the dumbbells. For sure. Uh, yeah. You'll notice a, uh, you'll notice a <laughs> an tick uptick. Up, yeah. An uptick. Yeah. Uh, tick up or uptick? Uh, I say uptick. I think that's the right way. <laughs> uh, okay. So we would be remiss if we didn't talk about diet and exercise. We yeah. go on and on about each other. For I did sure. like the uh, us complimenting each other. I, I felt, liked it too. Felt good. Uh, I'm I'm a mysterious comedy guy. That's a new yeah. Yeah, people definitely will be surprised to hear that. Oh yeah, <laughs> Stanger comedy. Well, mm. that's so funny when you do come on someone's podcast that you know. You never know how much their listeners know about them because people will come on Bizarre States and my podcast, and they just know me as the co-host of Bizarre States. They don't know that I direct videos at Nerdist yeah. or that I do any comedy at all. Um, yeah, it's like very divided sometimes as far as what we know of the personalities involved. I would say on the, on this show, like I'm trying to think of the kind of animal energy I give off. <laughs> um, maybe like an orangutan, mm-hmm. like the court jester of the jungle. Yeah, but for you know, sure. not like you know, it's not like you're thinking like, oh, that orangutan is really you know working hard on these jokes and bits. Yeah, it's just kind of like it's just kind of funny somehow. Right, right. Uh-huh. I'm walking with my arms up. Sure. And then like just one time I was at the zoo with my kid and like uh, I saw an orangutan jump onto like a swing. Sorry for going to zoos. No, yeah. I feel bad about it. It's it's fucked up, right? I guess. I don't know. I also, this is going to sound horrible. Yoikes. Uh, But I'm also the type that I eat You're pro-zoo. I'm pro-zoo. No, but like. (laughs) You think like that Shamu should be. He was like, let us look at the fucking <laughs> right. Whale. I saw what are you whined about? And I was like, what's the problem? Yeah. I'm on SeaWorld side. Dude. Yeah. No, I was going to say, I have to, and I don't want to offend anyone, but I unfollow people that without warning just post a video of like an animal being slaughtered. And they're like, this is your food. Deal with it. I'm like, I'm not going to follow you. I know that's important to confront, but there's something about the, uh, I guess, the lack of. I don't get any warning if someone yeah. puts that on their Instagram. I don't know. That's a shitty thing to complain about, I guess. No, I should I mean, be complaining I, well, about all the animals. Or, but you know what I, I mean? Think you're, I don't think you'll, you're you going to lose a lot of listeners yeah. uh, to Bizarre States with that statement. That's no, true. I, I, I get what you're saying. I mean, I, I think- I'm scrolling think, and it's like breakfast and it's someone's kid out and then it's this and, it's and then it's a, a fucking- slaughter. And it's a cow like rotating in some giant contraption getting its head cut off. And I'm like, fuck. It's tough. I mean, we- we have vegan, vegetarian listeners. We've yeah. had guests on the show. Like, I, I get it all. You know, sometimes the proselytizing can be tedious. Right. Um, you know, and I understand. I actually agree with their ethics. Right. I, I eat meat, but I would never argue with somebody's ethics on it. I would argue as there's some, like, pseudoscience health stuff that comes up that yeah. always seems a little suspect to me. Yeah. Um, but if somebody said, like, hey, I don't eat animals because I don't want – I feel bad for their yeah, treatment. Yeah, totally. I, I won't – they're right. Yeah. But I do eat meat, and I also don't want to. I don't want to see murder happen on <laughs> yeah. know, animal murder on my Twitter feed. Right. So I, I don't think you're yeah. out of line for saying that. But um, the zoo, yeah, you're pro zoo. I'm you're pro like, zoo. yeah, best kind of orangutan is the one in that's been captured. Right. Uh, that's your stance, which is what right? it says on my shirt. Yeah. <laughs> that's the yeah. shirt it's I wore. Weird, to this weirdly impression. <laughs> yeah, the, this discussion we're having. <laughs> um, so like I, I saw this um, orangutan like jump on and like grab a uh, like a rope swing that they had set up for it, and it clearly could have made the the swing that it was trying to do. Yeah, but it let itself just hit the ground and then fall really <laughs> dramatically. And I was like. <laughs> fucking funny that's great yeah that's a good bit (laughs) it was a good bit yeah i was like that's guys fucking funny i got sometimes that's off yeah sometimes my cat will do something this is gonna make me sound like an idiot but that i'm like that 
is a bit like it's that's a look she's my cat likes to sit upright like she'll lean she'll like lounge yes and sometimes she'll hit it and then like look over at us and i'm like you're doing that's like a garfield thing yes you know you're posing right now right and you're making us laugh yes maybe i'm also a crazy person uh both yeah no the cats i've seen i've met your cat she's yeah. funny yeah yeah wearing like the groucho Marx glasses and exactly. stuff and, yeah. yeah you know her yeah <laughs> yeah yeah it's i'm like yeah she put those glasses on she's trying she made to be Decision. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is funny. Does a lot of prop comedy. Not, I'm she not does. like a huge fan of that, but I yeah. have to. Hats off to her for, for sure. For you know, actually being you know a cat that can yeah know, make jokes like that. Yeah. So we want to talk about diet and exercise. Yeah. Uh, I know you grew up in the South, right? Well, I grew up in Maryland. Oh, Maryland. But my mother was from Arkansas. My mother, well, she born in Oklahoma and then lived in Arkansas. But yeah, so I'm from Maryland. I knew Maryland, but I always feel like you sometimes will slip into a Southern accent well, sometimes. Well, yeah. I, that's Do you want to explain that? <laughs> that's because I think of my mother's influence. Okay. I think she still has a strong accent. And uh, people that I would meet in New York and other places would tell me I had a Southern accent. So I do think there was some kind of twang in my house. But then my dad's from Boston. Oh, interesting. And so I also had a speech impediment that was pretty much just a Boston accent as a kid. <laughs> and I would say like, I, I spilled something on the floor. Uh, <laughs> but then my mom had this Southern thing. So whenever I, I talked to her brothers and sisters on the phone, my aunts and uncles, then I'd kind of slip into that. So it's somewhere in there. Do you say aunt or aunt? I guess I say aunt. Auntie? Yeah. Do you say auntie or auntie? Aunt, I guess I'd say auntie if I said auntie. Yeah. But aunt if I said aunt. Yeah. I don't know. I think I say aunt for both of them. Yeah. Auntie. Yeah. Auntie Margie. Auntie Cheryl. Yeah. Oh, well, growing I up, I say- I never say aunt ever when I'm calling them by their names. <laughs> uh, what I've noticed is that like my sister and her, uh, the kids she has, everybody gets a specific name. You know, like uh, there, and I have to kind of track the nicknames. Oh, it's like Moo Moo and well, yeah. So Pig like, boy and our mother is Nana. Her husband's mother is uh, Grandma, whatever. Grandma, whatever. I know her name, <laughs> um, but you know, they gave her Grandma. My <laughs> Don't mom gets add her guys. <laughs> Fucking keep it between the family here. My my mother gets Nana, and then my father uh, is. Papa Paul, not Grandpa Paul. You know, and so they yeah. I don't know what they, I guess they call me Uncle, yeah, Uncle Andy. But Uncle. nobody calls me Andy except for family. Anyway. I Everybody in my family calls me Wolfie. Really? Yeah, the the name that uh, the T-100, T-101 makes up to see if uh, John Connor's step-parents are <laughs> Is that dead. true that they call you that? No. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I wish they did, though. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Janelle, what's wrong with Wolfie? Yeah. You remember that part of the movie? Oh, yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, interesting that that's like the first thing that this sophisticated computer comes up. Oh, totally. Wolfie. Yeah. Uh, have you ever known a dog named Wolfie? No. Yeah. No. Seems like the other Terminator should have known that something was fishy with that. For sure. Um, but, uh, doesn't seem as smart as, uh, Arnold in that (laughs) No. Uh, so my mom, like, has all the kids, her grandkids call her Lulu. Mm-hmm. because she doesn't want to be grandma. Right. So she had, like campaigned for that. That's and, funny. And it, it, it stuck. And it worked. You got it. Yeah. yeah. So she's not, she'll never be a grandma, which is, right. I guess, victory to her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So you're growing up in Maryland. Yeah. South, I was wrong on that. That was a red herring. The, your accent's a red herring. Yes. Uh, so Baltimore, 
and you're uh, you're an artsy kid, right? Because I know you you acted as a kid. Yeah, yeah, acted as a kid and uh, in regional theater in Maryland, and, and then you know school productions, and I actually started to like book some uh, book some uh, local gi- TV stuff, major gigs, major gigs, yeah. big showbiz. I uh, there's a show in Baltimore called Homicide: Life on the Street. I did an episode of that. Oh, cool! Where Elijah Wood played. Oh, really? Elijah oh, Wood? Yeah, yeah. He, he played, Woods up in that motherfucker. Yeah, Woods up in that motherfucker. He played this kid at a private school that convinced my character to kill someone. So I was actually like the you know the bad the bad wow. kid. And the director of that wound up going on to direct. This was his first TV gig, and he wound up going on to direct a lot of Game of Thrones, oh, and wow. Thor two, and a Terminator movie. Which one? Genesis? Yeah, I think Genesis? so. Whatever the Genesis, yeah. the most recent one. But uh, I saw him at a. Do you want to call it Genesis and just spell it normal? No, nah, we're going nah. Genesis. Yeah, <laughs> Genesis. Genesis. But I saw him at like a press thing when I was a camera operator for Nerdist, and my the guy I was there with, the talent I was there with, was like, "Tell him that you were on that show that he directed." I'm not gonna say that, but then he said he's like, so Bowser here was on a show you did, and the director totally remembered. And he's like, that was my first TV gig. Oh, I nice. was nervous as hell, but you and the other child actors and everybody in in Baltimore just made it so smooth, and it was cool to see this guy now make these giant yeah. films. And he's good. He's really good. And uh, and I remember him on the set being a really good director. And it's funny to think he was probably like my age now then, but. So yeah, in Baltimore, uh, outside of Baltimore, doing uh, child actor stuff, taking the train to New York for auditions and shit. What was the show called again? Homicide. Hom- Life yeah, on the I street. heard he kept trying to like fight to get a Y in that title. Somewhere. I know. They're <laughs> like, we're not going to do that. Why? Yeah. He's like, save that he for was later. Like, one day. <laughs> one yeah. Day. <laughs> I'll have the last laugh. Yeah. How was Wood to work with? He was super cool. Guy's a, he's a good actor. And he was already... I know that's controversial, but... Yeah, yeah. That'll be the hottest take out of all this, even <laughs> yeah. though I said I don't want to know where my beef comes from. Uh, he, he had already done a bunch of... He was already Elijah yeah. Wood. I mean, he was guest starring on the show because he was already a famous child actor. Had he done North? Yeah, because he. I would have been... Uh, it was 96. Okay. Or, or it was like 95 going into 96. 1995? So. Yeah, right. yeah. Uh and so he was, yeah, he had already kind of done a lot of the child actor stuff that he'd done. And then I think soon after that did like The Faculty or whatever, his kind of, one of his first like teen Elijah oh, yeah. movies. Kind yeah. of a fun movie, right? It was. I, and I actually had auditioned for that movie. Did you really? Yeah. Was it, did it shoot in Baltimore or something? I No, I don't think so. But it may have been one of those movies that shot in like North Carolina. Okay, so they were. And we would always, so like the Maryland and DC casting people would get a lot of people gotcha. in for it because like we would audition for Dawson's Creek stuff. And, um, yeah. And I, and I remember going into the audition and, uh, thinking like I did pretty good. And then seeing him come in on the way out and I was like, Oh, well I'm fucked. <laughs> Why would you want to like, do we get Andy Bowser in here when like Elijah Wood is walking in? I I have stuff like, uh, where like, it's weird. It's a weird time for TV now because giant stars will just do, TV stuff and small TV stuff, which yeah. is kind of great, you know, if you're a fan of comedy and stuff to totally. see. But it'll be like, I'll be like on a veil for like a like a three-line co-star. And I'll be like, all right, I'm, 
pretty 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 sure I'm going to get this. Yeah. And they'll be like, ah, Ken Marino's going to do it just for fun. Right. And I'm always like, ah, well, you made the right choice. I mean, by all means, go with the, the comedy star to, right, to do right. it, you know? Yeah. That's always crushing when you're like, oh, yeah, yeah. giant child star? Yeah, for sure. Well, I know. Put and that I, great person in your movie. I remember, uh, I, I'm sure the faculty audition was in New York, but then I also auditioned for Rushmore. Oh, and man. I had just seen Bottle Rocket. To be on the- the, yeah, to be one of the heads. One of the heads, wow. <laughs> um, I had just seen Bottle Rocket and thought it was this like, I didn't know anything about it. It was on like HBO 3 at 2 in the morning. I'm sure I was up late watching Perversions or Perversions of Science. Was that that weird like <laughs> sexy show they had? Uh, anyway, it was like- I, the, I knew I was, I was a real sex guy. Oh, real sex always terrified me. <laughs> yeah. You always would hope that there'd be somebody right. attractive on there and it was always like- horrifying people it was always like i like being dressed as a baby and yeah. i was like yikes yeah um so or just was, like crazy like huge biker people totally just like oh, i guess i can watch these people fuck each other <laughs> right <laughs> any port in a storm you know? yeah exactly this is before internet you know before Pornhub guys yeah so. before anything was uh would they say a la carte like you couldn't choose it was yeah. just like whatever's on when I turn on the TV yes. while everyone else is asleep. You had is what to I'll endure watch. this guy being dressed as a baby and shitting into totally. a diaper just on the off chance that you might see some boobs. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I was I watched Bottle Rocket late one night and fell in on love HBO with it. HBO at two at, at three, two or no, HBO three at two a.m. Exactly. And then like the I would next, say HBO three at three a.m. Maybe. Yeah. You could be right. right. Um. And then the next day got this call. My manager in Maryland was like, "They're you know auditioning for a movie. It's from a, a director. It's it's really a small thing, but you'd have to go to New York and you know miss a couple of days of school and yada yada yada." The director's Wes Anderson, and I was like, huh, "I just watched his first movie," and so to me that meant like this is sign. meant to be yeah. right. That was a really and also they wound up casting. I know Bill he Murray was got your part right, Bill Murray. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, they cast someone who was still at the time was an unknown, but who was still like in. Showbiz in a way, right. you know. That's always it's like an unknown, and then you look them up on IMDb, and they have sixty-eight projects. And yeah, you're like well, I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. We, we didn't know him, I guess, but he'd been right. working or she'd been working pretty steady. Yeah. Um. Okay. So, so you're in Baltimore now. Did you uh were acting? Obviously, we've covered yeah. that. Did you play sports at all as a kid? Um, yeah, I did, and I really. It's so funny kind of to see what you have, what you grow up to be because I I mean I guess most kids are like this. I was like I'm going to play basketball. Yeah. I mean, I loved playing basketball. Just loved it. And uh and it was good I was I'm not tall at all, but I was really good. At, I was really quick, really good at rebounds and I was really good at three-pointers. And so I had the so tall you, kids on the team. So you practice and had a skill set for it. Yeah, you and I even quite been limited by your height. Yet. <clears throat> not yet, because of uh, you know how old we all were. And I even started playing. Um, what did they call it? Like the step up from intramural. Um, oh gosh, like county. I guess it was called oh, like county. a county league. And yeah, and so I so I was actually on like a county team, and I loved it. And then went into middle school, and went out uh, on the courts during recess and the kids were so intimidating and so good. And they walked up to me and kind of asked if I wanted to play, but it was clear my answer should be no. You know what I mean? They were like, did you want to, you want to get in on this type of thing? And I was like, say no. Yeah. (laughs) And I was like, nope. nope." (laughs) And I just, I didn't play anymore. Uh. And in middle school, 
uh, and it's funny because one of my friends that was on my county team went to the same middle school, and he kept playing and kept playing. May, I, I don't even know if he played in college, but he was a tall, tall dude. But so I loved basketball. I played soccer, um, but basketball was my – I remember they didn't play me often in soccer because I was probably shitty. But I remember my team won a championship, and I was, like, on the playground across from the soccer field. And I, w- I heard everybody cheer, and I looked over, and I was like, meh. And they just kept playing on the jungle gym. Because at some point, I had been benched and then just, like, went to go play. <laughs> so you were you were actually in a game. Yeah. Your team was good, but you rarely played. Yeah. Because either you weren't good or it was maybe weird politics. We it don't know. We, we yeah. have to go back. We don't have time travel. We'd have right. to go back to find out. A deep maybe, dive. Yeah, something happened, you know, money cap issues or whatever. Could have been. But, uh, uh, and so you were been benched, and then you eventually just lost interest and just sit in there. So you went just yeah. to play yeah you know swing set or whatever i was like climbing up on the little jungle gym and a play apparatus but yeah That's what exactly. my son calls it it's like i'll meet you at the apparatus i'm like what the fuck what is the that fuck? yeah uh so uh and the team won the championship yeah and you missed that. yeah and then i got back over in time for to get the trophy and i had it in my room forever and i just remember like i got that trophy for playing on the jungle gym for most of the game but yeah, so I loved sports and we would go and watch University of Maryland. My mother actually uh, coached women's basketball every once in a while, not at University of Maryland, but in intramural, coached my sister's team. Was oh, your played, mom good at basketball? Yeah, she played basketball cool. in high school in Oklahoma. And so basketball was just kind of the thing. Yeah. Um, we all played it as kids and we'd go and watch the college team play. Um, but then it just didn't, I mean, yeah, honestly, once I got into middle school, it, uh, it just stopped. Yeah. That's weird. I mean, we, that comes up on the show too, where it's just like weird peer pressure stuff or just like wanting to fit in. And then like, you just let your sports fall off. Yeah. You know, and like, this was like, um, you know, Prop, I think parents now are like really encouraging maybe too much, you know, the, the helicopter parent mm-hmm. thing to where they would like force their kid to keep playing. Right. But um, we're probably pretty close in age. I'm maybe yeah. a couple years older than you, but like generations before it was like, I don't care if you play or not. Yeah. You know, totally. Like my parents didn't go to all my games and stuff. Right. You know, and like now, like I got to go to my kids' fucking practices. Oh, gosh. Yeah. 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 Mostly because I bet, you know, for no, sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I want to see, I want to see what's coming in, yeah. what's coming out. You yeah. Know, I got to fucking eat. Exactly. You know I, mean? I got to pay for his dental. Uh huh. And so he's got to score. Yeah. Or not score, depending yeah. if I'm having him shave points. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah. So like it's, it was a different time where you yeah. could just kind of fall through the cracks and be like, ah. Uh, Older kids are a little intimidating. I'm not going to play anymore. And like, totally. that's the end of this thing you love. I know. And I, I, I also remember uh, liking the performance of it all. Oh, like, okay. I really liked- uh, Maybe you should have been a globetrotter. Maybe I should have been a globetrotter. You combined the two. Yeah. I remember, you know, wanting to score more if a certain person was in the crowd. Oh, wow. Uh, either like my dad or mom or just like a friend of mine or, or like a an girl. NBA scout. You're like a scout. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, Seems and I like, like that would be the most advantageous. Exactly. I, yeah. Who knows? What do I know? And I liked that. I liked, uh, which maybe means I, I mean, probably, that probably meant like, well, maybe you should be an actor. But because uh, I loved just the feeling of, I just did that and everybody saw. And now they're going to want, can I do it again? I'm going to try. and Yeah. I think that kind of lights up a part of our brain that's important. I mean, it's yeah. like fruitful labor. It's like, oh, this 
this thing that I'm good at, I do, and I'm recognized for yeah. it. You know, like especially as a kid, like you're trying to find your identity, you know, and right. you want some praise and stuff. It, it feels good. And you, yeah, and it, it definitely is. I think it, it is, it does work in tandem with like the artist side of you too. Right. You know, to for sure. Yeah. But it's funny you talk about kids. All I think, I don't have any kids, but I think daily about how I will probably make my kid do something athletic for as long as possible. Yeah. Because one of the things that I struggle with now as an adult is, I mean, I have never, I've always worked out. I've always gone to the gym. I've always been someone, I'm always dieting, but I'm never, there's not a constant athletic activity to fall back on that kind of kept me, you know, like really like high school and college. And then when I did nothing, and then when I came back to wanting to be in better shape, I was working with like fucking just broken pieces, like stuff that sure. just, there was no memory of. Of You didn't have a, a foundation. There's of no like, foundation. Right. And I just, uh, I think about it all the time. Like I want my kids to just at least do something that pushes them into adulthood that's athletic to where they're not starting with legs that don't even understand how to run. <laughs> you know right. I mean? Not like, starting from zero. Not starting from zero. Yeah. It, it, it makes sense. I mean, you see that people that, you know, like consistently played tennis or something like yeah. that and they're able to kind of like regularly jog and exactly. all that. And it's never, you know, people go in and out of how consistent they are with their sport right. or exercise, but usually there's always something kind of keeping the, uh, keeping yeah. the ball in the air. Right. Uh, to where if I was on a sports a, metaphor. Yeah. <laughs> if I was on like a try, we went to a, on a trip recently with a bunch of, uh, couples that are our age and, uh, and swingers trip or swingers and, uh, <laughs> And one morning, you know, one of the guys was like, uh, I'm going to go on a run. Anybody going on a run? And, you know, half the group was like, well, yeah, because I run all the time. And I have a habit of just wanting to align myself with the, the group. So I was like, yeah, no, me too. And uh, my wife laughed at me. Cause she was like, you're going running with everyone? I was like, yeah. I mean, we're all going to go run. <laughs> yeah. And We're runners. Didn't you know that? <laughs> yeah. And I mean, just I was left behind. Oh. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. And they were like big. There was like one guy that was kind of big. Like uh, I was like, well, he, he's. I'll, I'll be able to keep up with him. A little overweight guy. Yeah. Nah, he was gone. Yeah, had I mean, like this... calf muscles. He clearly was like a guy that still ran. Well, it comes up. It comes up on the show. You can be fit at any weight. Totally. Yeah. And he and he's a chef, and he very much was a guy that was fit. Yeah. So I was, just, and it was raining, and we were in Texas, and I was just like walking in the mud. And they were like, came back around with a four wheeler. Like, you want to jump in the four? Like, nah, I'm gonna walk all the rest of the way, just out of pride. But yeah, I would love to be able to be consistently doing something athletic to where, yeah, if if I want to go on a run, I can go on a run. If so, somebody says do this, do that, I can do that. So you, so you, you played sports, you enjoyed them, yeah, and then you. Stopped in middle school. Yeah, and uh, you mentioned that you w- you went to the gym and exercised. So yeah. when did when did that kind of start? I remember my family got a gym membership when I was probably thirteen. And uh, when did um? Oh gosh, there was some. Isn't it weird? I, I have a memory of on the gym TV seeing. Uh, when did there was a Kennedy? I'm going to sound like a fucking idiot. Uh, plane crash, right? Yeah. John F. Kennedy Jr. Yes. Yeah. When what when was that? Oh, that man. I remember seeing that on the news at the gym, basically. Had, it had to be like early nineties. Yeah. Um nineteen ninety nine. Nineteen ninety nine for Marissa. Yeah. 
Oh, so early nineties. So, I was right on that. Yeah, <laughs> Marissa, nineteen ninety nine is early nineties, right? Can we get? She's agreeing with that. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, then I was at the gym way before that because ninety nine. I was almost done high school. Yeah, I remember we got a gym membership when I was like thirteen. Maybe and that, it was another plane crash. Maybe it was another plane crash, or it was just some. I remember some news thing. When did Diana die? Princess die. I'm gonna guess mid ninety. No, early nineties for die. Could have been that then. I just remember. 1997. All Gosh, right, I'm writing that though. <laughs> I'm gonna keep going through tragedies until I find the one that's like 93. Like year back, you know. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, so anyway, I remember going to. The, but that was the first time I thought like, oh, you go to a gym to do to do what? It was like you can run. Keep up on pop culture, current <laughs> events. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Sit and watch uh, tragedies unfold. Um, and I remember I was a little chubby, um, and I wanted to just go and run on the treadmill. And we had that gym membership for. Years and so I would go, but just not do much. Yeah, um, I would just not run a on the plan tread- in place. Just no. kind of using the equipment, running on the treadmill, running on the treadmill. I'd go and swim a little bit. Um, Seeing weird old nude guys. Yes, exactly. <laughs> horrifying. Yeah, um, but yeah. Like, so that it, a goat wandering here, <laughs> like a yeah. nude grown men bending over. Totally, it's horrifying. Like it is balls and shit. I mean, it's just like it. Lo- it literally looks like an animal or something. I know. Yeah, I remember. One time, I thought a goat had wandered into the gym. <laughs> yeah. it was just like it was an eighty-year-old. You guy. reported it to the front <laughs> yeah, desk. I'm like, there's a fucking hairless, wrinkly old goat in there. <laughs> and they're like, the the woman came out. She's like, it turns out it's an old guy's balls. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, ah, oh, my mistake. Like, yeah. Well, now I know. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, but just was kind of aimless. But I would still go to the gym. Um. And yeah, do a little bit. So are are you at this age, like your mindset, are you concerned about being a little chubby? Yes. Is that, that's factoring in there? What, the, 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 uh, whatever you call it, like defining moment was my. Bowser was, made a symbol with his hands. I know. It was, it, it, it like was a, like, uh, supposed to be two big things crossing each other. Okay. Uh, but I don't know how that works with what I'm about to say. I remember I was invited to the eighth grade pool party. Well, everybody in the eighth grade was because it was the eighth grade pool party. Yeah. And uh, and I didn't want to take my shirt off at the okay. pool party. So much so that I, because it was eighth grade and I, I was already seeing guys that were athletes already were fucking ripped. Yeah. And I was like- Puberty's all, kicking in and guys are getting muscles and- Yeah. Yeah. So that's all that's these, the like, age where you start to notice that. Totally. All these like sinewy, you know- uh, just tight bodied young men. And I would look at myself in the mirror and it was still just kind of like baby unworked ground beef or something. Yeah. And so I didn't want to, I had a really big crush on this girl named Bonnie and she was going to be there and I didn't want to go because I didn't want to take my shirt off. And I remember telling my mother that and she was like, well, why would you care about that? I was like, because I'm fat and crying about it. And so I went to the pool party and this is the fucking saddest thing. (laughs) I try. I thought, okay, if one of my buddies were to push me into the pool while I still had my shirt on, I just leave it. On. Just leave it on. I'd be like, well, it's it's wet now. Whatever. We're all partying. Everybody chill out. So, but I didn't plan that with my buddy. Oh, no. But I went up to him. Hey, push me. In, That's man. exactly what I did. I went up to my friend Justin, and I was like, hey, um, hey, dude, wouldn't it be so funny if you pushed me in right now? And he was like, what? I was like, just push me into the pool right now, dude. Do it right now. And everyone was kind of getting in the pool, and it was a good time to do it. It was kind of crazy. And he was like, I'm not going to push you in the pool, Andy. He was like, just push me in the pool. It's like, why would I push you in the pool? So then I just fall in, and I go, whoa, dude, <laughs> fall in. And when I come up from the water, 
I'm looking up at Justin. I was like, he pushed me. Can you? And he, in front of everyone, was like, I didn't push you. Oh, Walked off. So I still just kept my shirt on, just kind of bobbed around in the pool the whole time, just watching Bonnie. Justin, this would be so funny if you. It would be good for you, dude. Yeah, if you push me be, in, man, I'm thinking say, of you, dude. You'll be the hero. Say you're so funny, Justin. <laughs> so uh, I. You, oh, you pushed me, man. And Whoa, he sold great. me out. <laughs> But I just remember that. I remember feeling like, oh, I just don't want to be here. And I don't want to have my shirt off. Uh, it sucks. Dude. And so, yeah, I've I've always uh, had body issues, though, and wanted to be. And in my mind, well, there's fortunately some... now there's the Internet and comments on YouTube. Exactly. So that's great. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, that's that's rough. So, yeah, yeah, that plants a seed in the kid's mind, you mm-hmm. know, and you have this kind of ideal and uh you know, yeah, it's t- even with like good. You know, your mom's saying all the right stuff. We well, actually yeah. like the last episode. I think that that this one will air after we had uh, Angela Goldner talking about eating disorders, and yeah, you know, that's there's a lot going on with eating disorders, but it, oftentimes it starts or manifests or is grounded in like being a kid and like yeah, first kind of being exposed to like oh, I don't look exactly how I want to look. Yeah, and the weird thing is, I didn't. I got made fun of for a lot in school, middle school and high school nonstop, but not for my weight. So I don't know where I got it from. Everybody it's, jumped on other things. It's maddening to be made fun of a lot and then not be able to get pushed into a pool you want. <laughs> I it's know, like, Jesus exactly. Christ, now a... you won't do it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fucking asshole. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but it wasn't ever my weight. So it was weird uh, that that though was an issue for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think it was just based on me being, feeling, uh, less than when I looked at other guys' bodies. Um, so did, now is food a factor? And did your mom cook a healthy, uh, like have healthy meals for you guys? Did she no. cook at home or are you guys just eating what you wanted? I, I think that was always an issue. You have a sister, right? I have two sisters. Two sisters. Um, I so just, I was right. Yeah, yeah. You I do, do have a sister. have a sister. I, yeah, no, food, eating healthy was never, uh, we weren't the unhealthiest family. We We weren't like always eating fast food. But we did just eat out a lot. I think we got Chinese food, you know, pizza. Um, yeah, it was Lunchables. Remember, I mean, did, did Chinese food seem really exotic to you for a while? Yeah, I remember when that was like, I could, it blew my mind. Oh like, yeah, this is the most delicious thing. Totally, it's fucking crazy. I don't know how we're having access to it. Exactly. I am like, I'm a, a man of the world. We would go to this culture. restaurant called Crystal Hunan in Crofton, Maryland, and I felt like transported. Yeah, yeah. I was like, are we going to Crystal Hunan? It was a big deal. Yeah, same with me. I remember like getting mushu pork one time, and it had the like the pancakes that you put the yeah. stuff in. I was like, then I add the sauce to it. A lot of people don't. I prefer to. <laughs> exactly. You may not like it. It's probably. <laughs> Too right. sophisticated for your palate. Yeah. But I remember feeling like, God damn, I'm fucking, yeah. I'm, I'm a continental man. Like I'm- For sure. Yeah. And you were. Intercontinental. Continental? Uh, I got intercontinental. I intercontinental? I don't, yeah. I don't know. But yeah, food was never- uh, So it wasn't in it. You weren't, you weren't thinking like, oh, I better cut back on soda. No, or I like didn't that. have any awareness like that. But I will say we were always a big dessert family. And even still, my mom will, uh, if we're home for the holidays, she'll say like, well, you know, I got- some donuts and I'm like, cool. I'm like, and some cinnamon rolls. I'm like, right. And I gonna have muffins for us in the morning. I'm like, okay. And so she has a sweet tooth and I do have a sweet tooth. Yeah. I inherited that from her for sure. Mm-hmm. I There was a long time when I couldn't fathom having a meal without something sweet at the end of it. Yeah. yeah it's just like, I had to be broken of that. I yeah. really was like, and now the 
last part of the meal. <laughs> it's like, no, you don't have a dessert every time you eat. I for we had a stretch there for a while where we would all have ice cream after every fucking meal. Yeah, like a big old bowl of ice cream. Totally, and it was like seemed fucking normal to me. And I was like, all right, yeah. where's my you know giant bowl of ice cream? That, my wife's family is is like that yeah. kind of still. Yeah, at the end of the meal, they'll, they'll just bring out the ice cream. That's yeah, what you have. Weird. And like my mom would go to the oh we're at ice cream, better go to the market and get a bunch of ice cream for the week. Yeah, to fuck. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and frozen God pizzas. What, oh, frozen and, pizzas. Yeah, okay. we had a lot of frozen. I ate a lot of like microwave burritos. What do you want on your tombstone campaign? Yeah, right? I did. <laughs> it got me. Yeah. I had a lot of. I remember coming home and watching uh, Batman the animated series and heating up. A, oh yeah, dude, I watched a burrito. Yeah, a lot of. Uh, I had my kid watch that. A lot of fun episodes. Yeah. But also, uh, a lot of the early ones were on like kind of boring uh, mob crime people. Oh in yeah, Gotham. I tried rewatching. <laughs> I'm like Jesus. You got like the Joker, all these like fun things, and a lot of it's like Rupert Grint or whatever the guy's yeah, exactly. name is like, and he's just like kind of the local crime boss. Yeah. And I'm like, do we need a four episode arc about him? There's you know? whole episodes where you only see like guys in suits. <laughs> Oh, for sure. Yeah. And like, can we get Bruce Wayne to change his suit one time? I'm yeah. sick of that fucking brown suit. I wonder if that was because they, I wonder if that was like a budget thing. Like we can't pay Mark Hamill every two episodes to do Joker, you know? I don't know. I mean, I, there were just episodes where it was like, you're just dealing with kind of like grunt. Yeah. It's a lot guys. of like, you know, like somebody like, you know, like laundering money and then like the long legal process that that is. Like <laughs> right. Batman yeah. doesn't even make an appearance. You're just like, yeah. wow, we're just really seeing the inner working of the Gotham just legal system. Just keeps cutting back to Bruce Wayne sleeping the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I remember. Yeah. So you're doing frozen pizza, yeah. banging down some frozen pizza. Totally. Watching a little Batman, the animated series. Yeah. yeah. Doing some desserts. Yeah. A lot of variety there. Definitely doing some desserts. Yeah. Uh, so when, so when do you start thinking about diet? When does that come in? Is that when you're out in LA or is that? To be honest. So you, did you go to school back East? Yeah. I went to school in New York at the school of visual arts, SVA, and I was only there for two years. What'd you study there? It film. Visual arts? Film production. Yeah. (laughs) And, uh, and I, I ran out of money. I didn't. I couldn't stay for four years. You didn't do uh, pre-med at the school of visual arts. But (laughs) holy hell, that would be fantastic. Um, uh, so I so after two years and, and and college was, I look at pictures and I'm like, oh well, I was actually probably my skinniest in college, but I was eating garbage. I mean, our favorite was to get a pizza burger from a diner called Cosmos on East Twenty Third and rice pudding wow. and French fries. So I'd have a pizza burger, French fries, and rice pudding. What what is a pizza burger? I mean, it's just a burger with marinara sauce and cheese. It's just- uh, I was imagining like a burger between two slices of pizza. I had that once too, though. I think there was a a, a meal at 7-Eleven for a while that was that. It was like a sandwich with pizza slices. 7-Eleven? <laughs> yeah. Ooh. That's... Yeah. And- uh, I, I had this guy I worked with at this gym I used to work um, where I was a trainer here in LA, and uh, he was from Boston. And like uh, he would always say like, Hey, uh, after work, you want to go get a pizza or a burger? You want to go get a pizza or a burger? So I started calling him Pizza Burger. Like, hey, Pizza Burger. Oh, Pizza Burger. And he'd be like, don't call me that. But after work, you want to go get a pizza or a burger? <laughs> That's great. And like his I, nickname became Pizza Burger, and he did not like that. I lived in Boston for a while, and that's also a town where I ate incredibly Good food unhealthy. Out in Boston. Great food. But I would just go from Italian restaurant to having a big pasta dish, like a seafood pasta dish, and then to Mike's Pastry and have two cannolis. Uh-oh. And then I'd get like some kind of breakfast thing in the morning from Bova's Bakery. But yeah, in college, I just ate garbage. 
and pizza burger, rice pudding, French pizza fries. burger, rice pudding. Um, Although I would say it's more like an Italian burger. Yeah, pizza exactly. burger seems like a little bit a little misleading. Yeah, I feel like Seven Eleven is a little more. That's more of what a pizza burger yeah, is. Yeah, but then after college, I think was when I realized. Uh-oh. Oh yeah, and did I tried put, to. Did you put weight on in college, or did you kind of just stay? About... No, I I was pretty. I stayed pretty skinny. Yeah. Um, but. Youth and metabolism on your side. Very much so. And then once I left school and came back to Maryland, that's when I started to get serious about running and going to the gym. And, you know, I bought a weight set off Craigslist and had it in my apartment with my roommates. And that's when I think, I mean, I still feel like I'm on the same kick now as I was then in the sense that like, that's when I began trying to always be doing something, even if it's inconsistent Um, and, but really dieting didn't, didn't, I didn't take that seriously until I got married. And I mean, it sounds like I'm a lazy piece of shit and I am, but my wife has much more insight into that and knowledge of that. And so I just do what she tells me to do. Cause she's fit and can fall like an eating strategy. And she used to be, um, a bar method instructor. So it was kind of part of her life for a while, but one of the things that I realized is, and I, I know people roll their eyes at this stuff, but I do have a gluten intolerance. I do have a milk allergy. And when I get away from that stuff, I already feel so much better. Yeah. That Because I used to just always be kind of feel uncomfortable. I was always bloated. All food would make me feel kind of sick and gassy and gross. And it wasn't until uh, I started taking dieting seriously as more of like a all the time thing right? that I started to even feel healthy enough to like want to go to the gym, you know, like, Oh, I could go run right now. Cause I don't feel like a piece of shit all the time. Totally. Well, that was it's, diet. It's an interesting mindset because, um, you know, you kind of, and it, I think now it's better the, the world, at least in LA, I'm, we're in a bubble here, yeah. but like, um, the world we live in now, I should say, uh, because before it would be like, okay, wh- what is diet or yeah. healthy? So you would just think like, oh, I got a couple pounds I got to lose. So right. I'll diet down and then, you know, kind of by whatever means necessary. Yeah. Sometimes it's not the healthiest. You're not even really examining that kind of stuff. And then whereas now it's a little bit more like, okay, there's a lot of benefit yeah. um, that I could get outside of losing weight. It's just like, oh, wow, I I didn't realize that this this kind of stuff wasn't agreeing with me and actually totally. feel better. And so it's less temporary. It's like, I need to be exactly. on this or close to it just all the time. All the time. Well, and then the first thing that I woke up to was the dairy. I mean, I realized I was lactose intolerant and on top of being lactose intolerant, I actually have a milk allergy. But um, one, th- this is a, I had a weird, here's a weird fitness like era in my life. I, in Maryland, after college, I started working out and going to the gym, belonged to like a Gold's gym that had a movie room, uh, like a a cardio room with a screen because it used to be a movie theater. This, uh, oh, awesome. ironically, That's yeah, weirdly awesome. enough, it was the movie theater that I saw my first movies at. I went and saw Dick Tracy there and Gremlins 2. And then years later, it was turned into a Gold's Gym. Oh, wow. But, and Ninja Turtles. So I remember going into the cardio room and being like, this is where I was sitting, fucking watching Ninja Turtles. <laughs> um, being but 
bored by Dick Tracy. Yeah, except being really bored by Dick Tracy. <laughs> wow. Uh, and being breathless like, Mahoney the whole time? Yeah, and walking fuck? out and being like, that was my birthday movie? That's what we did for my birthday? I was so excited for that. I was Well, they too. really traded on like the, the popularity of that first Batman. So you're like, exactly, like fucking Batman. And you're just like, what And the they fuck? did all the toy stuff. You're like, yeah. hey, you can get his watch from Burger King or whatever. And then I went in and fucking sat and watched people talking for two hours. Yeah, just really. I mean, I had a huge crush on Madonna, so that was fine. Great to see her. Yeah. But I remember like I had the Burger King watch and I remember throwing it away after the movie. I was like, that's <laughs> fucking That's great. <laughs> pisses me off. Yeah. So the first time I realized a movie could be bad. I was like, I got ripped off. The first time I realized a movie could be bad, I think was not until Jurassic Park 2. Oh, yeah. And I remember walking out of that and being like, what the fuck? It How did that happen? broke my mind. Yeah. But but so I went through, so in Maryland, sad that I was had to leave film school because I was out of money, uh, decided to try to make a short film. And uh, and it was about a guy who wanted to be a superhero. This is like before Kick-Ass and all that. And in my mind, I was like, this guy needs to be really scrawny. And I've never, I've never been like scrawny. Um, and so I, this is a mistake, went to a buddy of mine at the Gold's Gym who was like a professional bodybuilder. Okay. And I was like, I want to lose like 40 pounds and be like railed, you know, be like skinny. Yeah. What should I do? And he was like, well, I mean, I'll tell you what you should do. You can choose to do it or not. And he recommended, I mean, is it, can I talk about products, like specific stuff? Absolutely not. Okay. No, yeah, for sure. Go ahead. <laughs> so he recommended this stuff to me called Redline. Okay. Now, do you know about Redline? Yeah, it was like a, a drink with like caffeine, but, you know, like juiced taurine and caffeine. Yeah. Guadamine. And... But he recommended it in pill form. Oh, I think okay. it was before they were making the drinks. Oh, so this is like, this has like epinephrine in it and Maybe. stuff? Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. He told me what to buy and I would take Redline and I had just heard about the Christian Bale movie where he lost- The mechanic? The, the, yeah, the, uh, the machinist. The, oh yeah, sorry. And uh, <laughs> the mechanic, that'd be a fucking great movie too. There is a mechanic, which is like a Charles Bronson movie. Yeah, yeah. That they remade with Jason Statham. Yeah. Sorry to insult Bale. Yeah. Whew. He was a machinist, not a mechanic. Not a mechanic. Uh, so I- I love this bodybuilder like- very unhealthy and unsafe, but here's what you got to do. It, that's you got to take these pills. What he did. But uh, I, the diet I kind of came up with on my own. I thought I'm going to have apples and tuna every day and that's it. And I will say this. I, I went fucking crazy because also <laughs> I went through a breakup uh, with who is my now wife, but girlfriend who I'd been with for a very long time for our first real big breakup. And we even got through the two years of me being away in New York. Wow. But then back in Maryland, things weren't working. We broke up. So so that's crushing. That's crushing. I threw myself into going to the gym every day. I mean, seven days a week. And uh, taking Redline every day and only having apples and tuna. And I've never done hard drugs. I've never done cocaine. But my energy through that, like, four-month period was fucking through the roof. Like, weird, you know, just always fuck. I was fucking yelling at people. I was always on edge. My roommates. I can't imagine My roommates were always on my case about leaving fucking tuna cans around. And I would just be like, get the fuck off my back. But I could, I Bowser, remember. Dude, there's fucking apple cores and tuna cans all over the place. <laughs> yeah. We're worried about you. But it was one Leave of the. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. But it was one of the Chad first from times. Jim's got me on a program. <laughs> <laughs> it was one of the first times I, and again, it was unhealthy. I realized like I could affect my body though. Like I saw the change. I yeah. did lose weight right. so rapidly. 
And it was for the wrong reasons and in an unhealthy way. But uh, I remember just like sitting watching TV with my shirt off and like seeing that my stomach was like lower than normal. You yeah. know, like my belly wasn't as big. And I fucking loved it though. That's the scary thing is right. I fucking got into it so hard. I lost like 30 pounds in three months or something. And uh, and I do look really fucking skinny in that short film that went absolutely nowhere. But, <laughs> but then I did. So anyway, I kind of... Did something not similar, but years later, tried to lose weight for something I was pitching where I would play like an extreme sports guy, like a Sean White type of guy mm -hmm. and did a similar thing where I did this blitz one summer, but I kind of did it the right way. And my wife just had a diet plan for me right. and I did P90X and uh, and same thing, like just start dropping pounds. So I know I can- It will work. If do you... it when I apply myself. Yes. The problem is whenever I have- done it and seen change it's because of a specific carrot that's been dangling in front of me yeah this short film or this pilot presentation where i needed to play a, an athlete and then when those things when that pilot presentation i got myself in pretty good shape one summer and the second that network passed on it i just fucking then i ditched it all yeah i mean that's it's come up tons on the show uh yeah. to where especially like people that um that that work in like as you know some kind of art capacity yeah capacity 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 uh -oh. <laughs> yikes <laughs> yikes uh, but you 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 have this um, you can put all this energy and focus but it's usually short term mm -hmm. you know and so you'll see you know you put all this energy focus into like a short term goal you'll get it and then once you don't have that anymore then it kind right. of fades away it's that feast or famine so it's it just takes work on adjusting that mindset yeah and you need to get yourself into a place to where you know even if it's not uh you know a level 10 program right that it's still worth staying on right you know so then you think like well fuck if i'm not fucking going seven days a week and following this eating yeah. program to a t like why do it you know because it's not going to work as fast right it's just like hey wh wh what do i like i like well i like kind of like this kind of food yeah that's more healthy and I like to exercise this way and yeah. three times a week seems reasonable that I could do. Yeah. Uh, you need to adjust and it's hard. Like intellectually, I know you understand that and most people do, yeah. but it just, then it just doesn't happen. And and that's, you know, when I was a trainer, that would be like, I train like executives and stuff. Yeah. And that would be like the biggest eye opener for them. I was like, look, man, if you only have 10 minutes, take the 10 minutes. Totally. Do what you can do in the 10 minutes. It doesn't have to be an hour. It doesn't have yeah. to be a throw up workout doesn't have to be apple can apple core and tuna cans exactly you know? um and so yeah i think that's going to be you know you need mm -hmm. to maybe come up with some different goals that aren't so uh time specific yeah exactly you know? and then start to work on those and then just challenge yourself to change that mindset and figure out yeah. the way that you can which i know you've kind of done i mean you were telling me about you got into boxing too right i got into boxing for a little bit and uh and actually what's been the biggest help for me lately has been it's almost been a year where i've been uh doing a ketogenic diet oh you're uh, and you're on it still yeah okay and i and you know i've gone off of it but the weird so in january we started doing a keto diet with bulletproof coffee and that's what's in my thermos now is this bulletproof coffee. So bulletproof coffee is coffee with grass-fed butter in it. Uh-huh. Yeah. And this like brain octane oil. Or MCT oil? Yeah. So that you're doing it with the MCT oil. Yeah. Yeah. Not not so not the butter. I and the butter. And the butter. The butter's the in there. Too. And this uh um uh, collagen protein 
and the MCT oil. And MCT oil. And uh, and that's the first – I've been doing this for a year, and yes, I've gone off of it. You know, I went out of town to West Virginia for a week, couldn't stay, keto, tried. But I will say that's keto. been <laughs> – that's Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but that has been something that has kept me in a place where I – almost feel healthy all the time if I, if I stick to the diet so that I can pick up, uh, I, you know, if I wake up and want to go hike, I'll go hike. It's helped me sleep better. Um, it's, uh, it's helped me none of the, you know, I have no, none of the stuff in my diet anymore that was affecting me like the dairy and the, and gluten. So I always just kind of feel a little more ready to go. That's great. And, um, and then we got up. Oh, go ahead. No, 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 please. I was going to say, we got a Peloton bike. Oh, that's what I was going to say that you guys got. Yeah. So. We got a Peloton bike. So That's cool. There's mornings where I can make myself do 20 or 30 minutes on the Peloton, or if I'm feeling not up to that, I can go on a hike. And I'm trying to be a little like yeah easier on myself and understand that, well, yeah, if I don't... So say I fell off the diet because I went to a hockey game with a buddy... That used to like derail me. Right. That means it's over. I, I'd be like, that's it. Yeah. That's the beginning of uh, now a fucking fall back into just uh, gaining because I gain weight so quick. But I went to a hockey game a few weeks ago. Yes, I had chili cheese tater tots, which one good thing about doing the keto diet, when I go off of it, it fucks me up. You feel like shit. I feel like, I mean... Almost like I can't get out of bed. Right. I feel wrecked. Yeah. Same with alcohol. When I because I don't drink during the week. Well, this is kind of a down th- a downside. But so I don't drink during the week. I've been sleeping better because of it. I can have some raw wine now and again. But <laughs> yeah, it's like I don't even know what it is. But it's called raw wine. If you ain't cooking your wine, <laughs> then I ain't got time for you, man. <laughs> right. But uh, so if I go off the diet, I like to barbecue my merlot. <laughs> yeah, all right? for sure. All right. Um, If I go off of it, I feel it so much more. So that makes me not want those tater tots. But with alcohol, it affects me more because I haven't been drinking as much. So you get more drunk. That's better. It's better, but it's also like I want less drinks because I'll have – I used to – you know, if we went to a steakhouse, I could have like three martinis. Yeah. Um, And now I have one martini and I'm like, I'm fucking swimming in it. Yeah. And my body's just, I guess, not – used to the intake but it's like your girl in the movies singing in the big martini glass right? <laughs> exactly <laughs> is there movies like that yeah for sure yeah, and that is the visual <laughs> when i have one martini yeah but so doing the keto thing and i always get shit from people i don't know anything about the science of it my wife handles all that what i do know is it's worked for me yeah i, I think there's enough pretty good empirical evidence yeah that's that it do- absolutely does work for people. We've talked about it on the show. We did a show about it because um, Eugene started it okay. and enjoyed it. Um, do you do like the ketone strips and all that stuff too? No, I uh, I do take a shit ton of vitamins and stuff. Well, the strips are where you pee, you pee onto the, these strips. Oh yeah, no, uh, I haven't done any of that. Yeah, so that that you to know if you're in ketosis if in or your whatever. Ketosis, yeah, or not. yeah. So um, so and I know that like there's a lot of good um research and interesting studies available on uh, a yeah. ketogenic diet for people with traumatic brain injuries, oh, yeah. people with epilepsy and people with like Alzheimer's. Interesting. They tend to do better when they're on that higher fat diet. Yeah. And so you're basically, uh, you get into the state of ketosis to where your body's burning 
um, fat yeah. as opposed to available blood sugar. Right. And the way that you get there is you just don't allow any blood sugar into your system. Mm-hmm. So there's nothing there for your body to pull from. And then the the theory behind it or the thought behind it is that you do better off. It's a, it's a better fuel source for your brain, for your body, for everything if yeah. you're using that fat. Yeah. It's just tricky because it, it's it's not always obvious what's going to throw you out of ketosis. Yeah. So it's different from like paleo or Atkins or those kinds of diets because you can't have too much protein on a ketogenic diet. Yeah, exactly. Too much protein can throw you out of ketosis. So it's like the the bulk of your calories actually come from fat. Yeah. And then it's also, you got to walk the line too, because you're, uh, you don't want to like be on, you know, doing this ketogenic diet, eating tons of fats and then slip up and then have a bunch of carbs Yeah, because you'll actualize those carbs really fast because totally. you're, you know, you're kind of, you're, uh, you're just walking on a ledge there, yeah, you know, exactly. but there are, you know, I know there's a lot of people that do really, really well, especially people with like food intolerance and food allergy yeah. issues. They do really well on a ketogenic diet. They feel great. Yeah. They lose weight. And, you know, other aspects of their health do improve. Well, I mean, the, yeah. key th- the key is just make sure you keep getting your blood panels done, mm-hmm. you know, know where your cholesterol is. Because some people um, just genetically, you know, tend to be higher yeah. uh, that way. And so having a bunch of saturated fat, right. you know, in your diet can sometimes re- wreak havoc on that. Reek havoc? Re- yeah. 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 Reek. Yeah. Reek. Wreck. Wreck. Wreck it. Wreck it. Ralph too? <laughs> Break uh, the internet? The, uh, and it's the Did first- they toyed with going like Wreck-It Ralph 2, Ralph wrecks the internet? Oh, yeah. Well, then they call it out in one of the trailers. Oh, they do they really? Okay, yeah, well, they're like, shouldn't this be Wreck the internet? Yeah. And it's, yeah. Too many wrecks in there, I guess. Yeah. But it's the first diet I've been on where I, I, uh, I, uh, I'm actually fine with what I eat. Like, we don't eat past 8 p.m. That's good. And then I don't eat lunch until two. Right. And I just have- Also, the... you're intermittent fasting too. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I am fine Dude, with you're it. you're fucking doing it all, baby. Yeah. Stacked. Stacked. And I, Stacked. I have the same kind of like meat soup every day or or, or salmon and uh, spinach. And I'm like fine with it. it whereas yeah. normally when I'm dieting, I'm like dreaming of breaking the diet. Maybe it's because I've been soup. doing it for you so long. You sound like an alien. <laughs> we prepared you meat soup. It's because that's what people in the office call it. Oh, They're okay. always like, you have your meat water? Because it's like, uh, you know, I don't know if it's turkey meatballs and a bunch of veggies and stuff in this broth, this bone broth. Oh, and um, early, dude. Sounds good. It's good. But everyone, I just hate it when people poke holes in what you're doing. And everyone in my office is always like, you know, you need carbs. And they're always telling me, what is wrong with my diet? And I'm like, look, it's been working for me. Yeah. So fuck off. You right, know, right. I don't know the science. I just know I've been feeling healthier. I've been more willing to work out. Yeah. That's the and most I've been sleeping better. That's I, I think you with all these kind of different food fads and all this stuff yeah. that come and go, I think you got to try them on. Like I said, you know, be, you know, use common sense. Yeah. Obviously doesn't work for everybody. Um, and then see how it goes. And if you feel good, you feel good. And if you're yeah. getting, you know, if you're getting regular checkups with your doctor mm-hmm. and everything, se- everything seems to be on the up and up, go for it. Yeah. And you know, people, there, you know, there's always fucking haters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's really what I wanted to get to. Yeah. There's always fucking haters. There's always fucking haters, or like, you people don't understand stuff or whatever. Yeah. And then you know, everybody's a fucking expert. Everybody's an expert, and you just have to find. Like I, I did boxing for a while, and I really. Loved it, mm-hmm. but 
A, they never had a trainer when I was able to go. So no oh, joke. The timing didn't ever work out. Yeah, like they would, they would, I could go at six. That's when I could go. And they went through this long stretch, the gym that I was going to, where they were like, we don't actually have a trainer booked for six. You can do it to the DVD though. And so I would go into this boxing gym and just with Watch me and a DVD. Wow. Weird. So my wife was like, I think you need to cancel boxing. I mean, yeah. if you're really only ever going to make it to the 6 a.m. class. So I did do it for like three months. You're and like, then what I am I fucking it. watching Gremlins 2 in a Gold's Gym, for Christ's sake? <laughs> I had to watch a DVD in here? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think it's just a matter of like, I've just tried to go easier on myself. And I think that's let good. It go I mean, and, and then you you create self-efficacy. Where yeah. It's just like, okay, I'm, I'm doing this. is something I can do. And I promise you, something will come up. So you, yeah. you, you've talked about wanting to have that foundation. You have this kind of foundation now. Peloton, bike, hike. Yeah. Healthy diet that you stick to when you can. Totally. Right? And then something is going to come up. So it just gets you in a good, healthy place. You've got a good base. Yeah. And then something will come up where you're going to shoot something and you want to, you know, yeah. click up the, the intensity a little bit. You click it up for a couple of weeks. And, you know, get down even further than you have before, right? And yeah. that's great. You enjoy the the benefits of that. Yeah. And then maybe you slide back a little bit, but you won't slide back all the way. Right. And I think just kind of going back and forth like that is the the healthiest approach. Yeah. 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 And when I started the keto diet, I dropped like 30 pounds. And that was the the 30 pounds that I kind of had been wanting to get off for a while. Because I kind of – and I don't even know what it was. I don't know if it was drinking or what, but I just had gotten – I'd gained more weight than I thought. I think I got to like 215. Okay. And I had never, and I'm only five, seven and a half. And I'd never been above 200 before. So starting the keto diet was just to kind of get, knock off that, that crazy sure. amount of weight that I'd never had before. Yeah. And I did. And I got down to like, I guess I got down to like 180. But, uh, yeah, I'd probably be healthiest if I was like 170 or something like that. But Yeah. Yeah. You'll get there. It's yeah. going to happen, dude. Yeah. It's going to happen. Do you um I have a quick question. Yeah. I want to help this guy with. You want to help me answer it? Yeah, sure. Um so if you have a question for us the dumbbells and our guest Today, it's the wonderful Andrew Bowser. Uh, you can reach us at askthedumbbells at gmail.com. Um, uh, also, if you want to find us on Twitter or Instagram, all that stuff, we're at the dumbbells. This is coming to us from G. Hi, dumbbells. I love the podcast and I enjoy it so much that I once looked up funny workout podcasts after I'd listened to all your archives and was pissed nobody has decided to copy your format. Uh, wow, it's nice of you to say. G. Yeah, G. <laughs> But I'm not. I'm glad nobody has decided to. <laughs> Many have tried. Uh, quick bio. I did. So this is. Uh, this will speak to you. Yeah. I did IF and keto starting strength and starting strength a year ago. So he did the intermittent fasting yeah. and keto. And I lost about 50 pounds and was feeling excellent. I love the feeling of progress and felt invincible. So I started to go on short runs and playing tennis slash flag football every few weeks. I believed, um, I believe by not resting adequately, I gave myself a sports hernia, huh. more accurately known as a athletic puba, pubagia, publa, pubalagia, or core muscle injury. Uh, I definitely didn't pronounce that right. <laughs> uh, but sports hernia, people, people will know that. Yeah. And I can speak to that actually too. 
Uh, I know your cardinal rule is that you are not and never claim to be doctors, but my question involves how to talk to them about injuries. The basics of mine are that after working out, I feel crazy ache slash burning in my lower abdomen. I did a lot of online research and my takeaway was this injury is complicated and often misdiagnosed and generally not a thing doctors are aware of. Sure enough, I saw my GP who had never heard of it and recommended me to to a physical therapist who had also never heard of it. They gave me advice on generally strengthening uh, more core, which I tried a few months, but it didn't lessen the symptoms. I became discouraged by medical professionals not knowing about my injury, and I let my uh, and I let inertia take hold. So it's been about eight months since I've seen a doctor or exercised. Good news is that the symptoms only flare up after a workout, so I can live pain free, pain free, and through diet, I kept the weight off. But I really miss the feeling of working out. My yeah. questions are: Have you? Um, as non-doctors, heard of this injury and success stories. How do you talk to your doctor about injuries? This is the second question. How do you talk to your doctors about injuries if they don't know about it? Uh, have you ever shopped for doctors because of an athletic injury? Have you ever requested imaging, MRI, slash CT, CT scan, et cetera, even if your doctor didn't believe anything was wrong with you? How do you get insurance to cover things um, if you're not recommended by your general practitioner? And number three, how can you convince a best friend in the moment to push you into a pool? <laughs> wow. Yeah. I mean, I have some insight into one of those questions. All right. <laughs> uh, so real quick, yeah. I want to hear your thought on this. Sports, sport, I had a sports hernia. Yeah. It's a real fucking thing. Often is misdiagnosed. Not a lot of people know about it. It used to fucking end sports careers mm -hmm. because they didn't know what was happening. Skies would have this like weird ache and eventually you lose your ability to kind of like explode, you know, off and off, off the line or back and forth. Yeah. You see it pop up in like a lot of, uh, sports that involve explosive lateral movements like hockey, soccer, and football. Yeah. And so these guys would get this injury or girls and then they, they didn't know what was wrong. And eventually they just stopped playing because they can't, it, it's, it's so painful and you lose that explosiveness. Yeah. And so this guy, um, I, like his name is like Dr. Almo. I saw him, Huh. found out what was going on. He's a general surgeon and developed a procedure to do it. So what happens is part of your abdominal wall tears off your pelvis bone and, at a certain point, it tears so much that your body won't heal itself. So it right. just keeps tearing and tearing and tearing and never heals. So what this guy developed is a procedure where they go in and they attach a piece of piece of mesh to your pelvis bone and abdominal wall where the hernia is or where the, where the detachment is. Yeah. And then eventually your tissue grows over it and you heal and you can make an absolutely can make wow. a full recovery. Yeah. And so you can research, I, I think maybe like RG3, Red Sox or the Redskins quarterback. Yeah. A bunch of pros have it. I had it. I, I healed from it. Huh. The surgery is available. So you can get it. Now, yeah. what do you think about this guy talking to his doctors? Well, it's funny. When I was trying to do, when I did P90X, uh, I started to, I, I, it didn't give me the knee problem, but I, I've, I have horrible knees. And I mean, if I step on, if I step up a stair a certain way, it's like fucking debilitating. I feel such a sharp pain. I like could crumple over. And when I started doing P90X, I realized that it was worse. Exasperating. Uh, yeah. And I, I couldn't do any of any of the jumps, anything where I can't, even when I'm on my Peloton bike and that we get out of the seat, just maneuvering to get back into the seat, I have to be really careful because if I put a certain angle of stress on my knee, it feels like someone's fucking running a knife through Ooh. it. So I went to the doctor years ago about this and 
I don't really have an answer for your listener because I had an incredibly frustrating experience trying to explain to my doctor what it was, and it didn't feel like he bought it. Like, I was trying to explain the level of pain, and he's like, uh-huh. And, like, he didn't see an injury, and I don't even remember the level of tests they did, but I went back and forth with this doctor three or four times about my knees, and he his attitude at the end of it all was like, I mean, I don't know, what do you, like, what do you want me to do? Like, I'm like, I don't know, man. You're supposed to come up with something. Right. I'm telling you, it hurts, it hurts to carry groceries up my steps. Yeah. And I'm only 34 then. Uh, this was Dr. Dre? Yeah, it was Dr. Dre, yeah. you know? Um, so He gave I, me a great beat, but I was like, I can't fucking I use can't do this. Anything I can't do anything with this. rap over this? Yeah. Oh, man. So I never really got an answer, and I'm still just living with it. And I, I need to kind of start the – I'm overwhelmed when you start the journey of trying to get to the bottom of what an injury right. is, where it came from, how can it – if it can be fixed. So I don't know. I, I'm very overwhelmed by that stuff. It, it's – so – uh, you know, it's if you can, not everybody has this luxury. If you can develop a relationship, especially as you get older with your general practitioner, yeah. general physician, it's a good thing to where you get a little bit of a shorthand going. And if you have access to the kind of insurance that allows you to do this and you can doctor shop a little bit, yeah. I fucking recommend doing it. It's a hassle. It's always time consuming. You know, it's yeah. it, like just waiting room, waiting, waiting, waiting. I totally. mean, all of medicine is just waiting, but go through whatever yeah. pain and discomfort that is to get a good doctor that will listen to you and, and look at you as a human being. Yeah. Second, um, to to diagnose both of what you guys have, you need you need to look at the soft tissue. So you need yeah. MRIs. Yeah. So they'll usually they'll kind of cover their ass by just always ordering an X-ray. An X-ray wouldn't be definitive on any one of your injuries, right. especially these two that you described. Minus a broken bone right. or some kind of growth or something, sometimes you're not going to get much from that. Mm-hmm. They just do it because that's the that's the protocol. So you need to be your best at your own best advocate because nobody else will do it for you, especially as an adult, mm-hmm. right? You don't have your parents that are like, demand yeah. shit for you. So you need to say like, Hey, I want, I want film. I want an MRI. Yeah. I want to see an orthopedic surgeon or I want to see a general surgeon. Yeah. Um, and a good way to kind of cut through some bullshit is, you know, these doctors are oftentimes concerned about prescribing pain medication Yeah. and they think that this might be a long walk to be getting, you know, giving you narcotics, Yeah. you know, cause there's a bunch of rules on that. They can get in trouble, you know, they think it starts with this and then eventually, you know, you're asking for Norco or whatever right, it is. Exactly. So, um, so I, you know, figure out what you can do to kind of assuage that feeling in those doctors, but also a good way to kind of get to what you want to get is just say, you know what, this is the pain is a 10 and it's yeah. affecting my sleep. Yeah. And when you say those words, that's stuff they can specifically put in your chart that will warrant, you know, further um, further dissection or investi- investigation yeah. by specialists. But if, you know, if you come in there and you're like reasonable about it, uh, you know, it's kind of sore, it hurts, whatever, I can still work, I can still do yeah. whatever. They're, you know, they might, they might just keep kind of brushing you off. But if you yeah. say like, hey, this, the pain I'm experiencing on a scale of one to 10, even if it's not, say it's a fucking 10, yeah. say it's affecting my sleep and affecting my work mm-hmm. and I need to see a specialist. Totally. And they, they should fucking at that point and be firm on that. Yeah. They should then graduate to you to whatever the next level yeah. is. I'm going to have to go and start that again you absolutely with my knees. absolutely should. Because it's, uh, yeah. You know, you could just have some displaced cartilage that they could do an arthroscopic surgery on. Yeah. And you'd fucking feel, you would literally feel- 
a hundred percent better, and yeah, it's like a dang. week of downtime, right? If it's a scope, yeah. And you may, you know, maybe some more kind of uh, something more insidious as far as cartilage damage that they yeah. can't fix, but you could see a physical therapist, and they would know based on the MRI, like, oh, it's wear and tear on the outside of the knee, yeah. So I can strengthen the inside of my quads, and that'll give me some relief, yeah. But you need to know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Don't don't just let your GP fucking guess. That's yeah, bullshit. totally. And so, yeah, so, you know, talk to, you know, doctor and regardless of what he or she says, yeah, demand, you know, that, that, that you see a specialist yeah. and you use those three things that I told you. Yeah. T- 10, affecting work and affecting sleep. And you should be able to get to the next level. And if you're not, that's fucking malpractice. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not a doctor, but I am a fake lawyer. And I'll represent you, G. Perfect. And you, Bowser. Thank you. Bowser, I can't thank you enough for being here, man. Thanks for having me. Is there anything that you'd like to plug? Um, I, I think just my podcast, Bizarre States. Bizarre States. Um, yeah, it's, it's on Nerdist every Wednesday at 4 p.m. We do a live stream. You like, So you can watch it, too. And you people, can watch they... it on YouTube's uh, Nerdist YouTube, or you can watch it on Geek and Sundry's Twitch channel. Okay, on the Twitch is, channel. Yeah, people are doing Twitch. that these days. Yeah, yeah. And like uh, you can get it just where normal. And then you can also just download it as an podcast, audio podcast. Whatever podcast, wherever you get your podcatcher, yeah. podchaser. Yeah. I don't even know where I get my podcasts. I keep having to delete my podcast app because I'm taking up too much space. Yeah. So I delete it and then I re-download it. And it, yeah. Pod Ranch. Pod Ranch. Pod Wrangler. Pod Wrangler. That's a pretty good one. Uh-huh. Pod yeah. Wrangler. You capture all your podcasts through Pod Wrangler. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's a lot of steps, but it's pretty good. Uh, and then people should check out uh, Welcome to the Shadow Zone on Nerdist. You can see Bowser and me yeah. together sharing the screen together. Yeah. Um, and anything else, anything this guy does is worth checking out. You're a funny dude, man. Thanks. Thank uh, you. I can't thank you enough for being here. On behalf of me and my wonderful co-host, Eugene, who's somewhere, uh, I would like to remind everybody out there. Oh, also on behalf of Bowser, too, because sure. you're here. And Marissa, everybody that contributed today. Uh, I'd like to remind everybody out there that's listening to train dirty, eat clean, and live in between. Turdbois. That was a headgum podcast.